0: This is rock isn't dead. It's just sleeping. With your host, William Whitebread, and White Audio Slave steward.
1: Hey, welcome back, motherfuckers, to another episode of Rock Isn't Dead. It's just sleeping with me, as always, the Willie Whitebread, Mark the Audio Slave, and our beautiful third co-host, Delta Drew Pearson.
2: Follow the lead. What's up, motherfuckers? What
1: What are we
0: doing today, guys? I don't know. What are you doing today, guys? I think I'm going to do something about (laughs) the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's right. So
1: in the essence of talking about influential and unique bands that have, I don't know, sort of escaped the musical industry as we know it today, I think we will talk about the Red Hot Chili
2: Peppers. This is a good one.
1: This is, a good one. This like is a good one. I like it a lot. So where where are we going to start with these guys? They have such a diverse past, and they're, and they're very unique. One of the reasons that we chose these guys, obviously, is because we love them. And another reason is because I haven't heard another band like them. Exactly.
0: Well, they're mixing the funk with the rock, with the metal. metal. Yeah. With soul. the jazz, yeah. with the soul, I almost, mean, it's like almost a, a, a melting yeah. pot of genres. Yeah,
1: and it, I don't know why. For some reason, whenever I listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I I, I feel oh, like oh. Faith No More or like yeah, In Living say, Color. Don't Beautiful. forget about
0: the rap element because there's a lot of rap element yeah. going with Anthony, Anthony Kiedis and his vocal.
1: Yeah, one. and that was his baseline. You know, obviously, dude, that was his baseline was uh, you know, the, the rap. You yeah. know, because he rapped and he and he brought blending of punk and funk. Yeah. To the music scene, yeah. and that's really neat. I think,
0: and you got to give a lot of credit to uh, to George Clinton because George Clinton kind of like put them out there, right? You know, eventually, yeah.
1: So, and another thing that I came across when researching because my Red Hot Chili Peppers knowledge—I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I'm a Red Hot Chili Peppers aficionado. That's more you guys, but Don't I'd say that I didn't know that they actually started in the early eighties. You didn't know that? Dude. I did not. You're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. So previous I thought mother's milk was like the p s resistance. That's where they
0: started, late eighties style stuff. That's that's kind of where they took off. Though. That's
1: where they took off, yeah. sure,
0: but that's not where they started. No, no, no.
2: It's not where they started, but it is where they did take off. I mean, you asked the question, where do we want to start off with? I would definitely say Mother's Milk. I mean, every band starts off early just like you know, tool or, or rage, but I mean, right. It, that's where they really took stride was Mother's Milk. Basically,
1: Mother's Milk—that was a good record. They uh, so so we're talking about when we talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, we're talking about an LA-based band. Yeah, uh, early '80s. Now let's think about before we set the pace for Mother's Milk. What was going on in the early '80s? What was the music scene like then?
0: It Punk. Was th- it was, uh, well, yeah, you had a lot of punk a in the, lot ro- of punk in the rock, rock and
1: roll scene. You had
0: thrash metal primarily going on in L.A. as well. You had MTV kind of just starting up. Right. So, I mean, everybody was kind of like all eyes on the, on the, on the, t- the tune. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was watching whatever was on M- MTV. Right. So, it, so, so Exactly. So, I mean, we got to figure, when MTV first started, there wasn't any kind of headbangers ball. There wasn't 120 minutes, right. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. But those were right. kind of like the, you know the the alternative and right. and the, the metal shows. Um, eventually, the Chili Peppers made it onto those shows. But at first, it was kind of just like you know uh, it was pop music on MTV. So, MTV was the the every you know if if you were gonna be making it big in the music industry you had to be on MTV right? back in those days.
1: Exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. They were, they were formed, and especially coming out in 83, cause, so you had uh, punk rock come into fruition in the late 70s. They started moving underground in the early 80s, and then it started, started paving the road for the thrash metal scene that was happening in the early 80s. we have talking about the big four. We're talking about Slayer. We're talking about all those guys, Metallica, right. Megadeth. So for a funk-punk band to come out was a pretty unique thing. That was a very unique thing. and yeah, uh, yeah, I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, and for a band to last as long as they have, to have... You know they've gone through a few different drummers I was and say, guitar because, players.
0: You know their their funk kind of got them famous, but then they kind of moved away from it a little bit in their latter years. Yeah, they yeah. did.
1: So when they when they first came out on the scene, well, first their original name was Tony Flo and the Miraculous magi- Majestic <laughs> Masters <laughs> and of that Mayhem. Is way I knew too I was going to fuck that up. I and, would too. Yeah, and their original lineup, like I said, they they've cha- they've transferred drummers and they've transferred guitar players. You know, quite a few times over the years. But their original lineup was Hello Slovak. Uh, uh, drummer Jack Irons, and you guys probably heard about Jack Irons because he did some work with Pearl Jam yeah. in the later years. And he also is the reason Pearl Jam was Pearl Jam because he was the reason that Stone Gossard found Eddie Vedder. Mm. Yeah, Jack okay, Irons. I, I did not know that. Jack Irons, awesome. Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam, after Mother Love Bone went down, Stone Gossard reached out to his friend Jack Irons to see if he knew of any frontmen, And Jack and Irons used to surf with Eddie Vedder. And that's when Eddie Vedder sent his tape in. Sent his tape through Jack Irons. That's pretty sweet. So Okay, so everybody can kind of recognize Jack Irons. And then obviously you have got Anthony Kiedis, who is the front man. And my favorite member of the band, for more than one reason, Flea. Because Flea, even if you don't know who the Red Hot Chili Peppers are, right? Right. You've got somebody, you know, 16-year-old Valley girl doesn't know who the Red Hot Chili Peppers are. She's heard of Flea.
2: Absolutely. He's wow, wait, 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 he the baseline of it. I mean, literally speaking.
1: Because of his outlandish antics. Absolutely. And, and, his, and his name. His, and his name. His
0: name is so catchy.
1: Correct. And how many people do you know, how many bass players are more notorious than him? And I'm not talking about, because he sings too, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple songs. Really not that many. Right. But still, he does. Yeah. he but, he has his moments. But he's he an does amazing. He has backup vocals a lot. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: he's an amazing Amazing bass player, yeah. he's fantastic. Oh,
0: dude, one of the best top ten bass players. Of exactly, all
1: time. his funk bass is to rock and roll what jazz chords are to a great rock and roll band. Band, right. you know what I'm saying? It you adds that edge.
2: He, he's an artist. He's also an actor. He does exactly. all kinds of shit. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. He's
1: a badass motherfucker.
2: And mm-hmm. he's,
0: uh, he's really into helping kids uh, learn music and instruments. And, Which is awesome. And, and,
2: yeah. Isn't he the reason why they wear all that crazy shit? You know, yeah. Like, like uh, the Suck My Kiss. Uh, well,
0: I think it. Kiedis and Flea both had a, a hand in, in, in all the craziness, like you well, know how they dress and stuff. And that's, see, that's they're, another they're, thing.
1: That's another edge to the Red Hot Chili Peppers that made them famous is they're not only great musicians and su- pseudo-masters of their craft, but they've got the shock value. Yeah. They've got something yeah. that sets them apart, like the Socks on Cox tour, where they—I mean, this is a very common occurrence to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers play naked. They did it all right. the time yeah. in the mid mid nineties, so mid yeah. oh, early nineties. Rage, yeah. Rage yeah. Follow yeah. suit with that as well, didn't they? Right. Really? I, I do believe so. For yep. a Lollapalooza. Okay. okay. That's right. Okay. And so you've got these guys. They're artistic, but motherfucker, are they eclectic? They are all over the fucking place, especially Anthony Kiedis and John Frusciante, which we will get into in a moment. Well, so they just want to be noticed. Right. You know. So uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they started... Flea and Anthony Kiedis were the original members of the band, right? Yeah. And Jack Irons and Hillel were in a uh, another band, another weird band that they were wanting to get big. I think it was called, like, What Is This? Or something like that. Right. Um, and in, in their, if you listen... Like, if you go on Apple Music or wherever you listen to music, you can look up the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you can see their first three albums. You know, their self-titled album, Freaky Styley, and uh Anthony Kiedis doesn't really sing. I know he's very he's very no, uh, known in his. In their their middle like you know Californication and and those kind of albums he's known for his his melodic singing but in when they first started it, that wasn't the case no 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 he right
0: was, he was kind of like only noticed for his like his rap his rock. rapping yeah because it was different you know right. back back then there was nobody else doing it Maybe right in and a, in a, especially in a in a funk rock band
1: exactly yeah. and that's how they started gaining notoriety because Anthony Kiedis in the early eighties had written a poem called Out in L A
0: so they they, they and all, he began rapping they it. all kind of hooked up together in Grand Rapids, Michigan um, during they're like, you know, they were like 12 years old, you know, high I mean? school. Yeah. Yeah. That's 12, cool. 13 years old, yeah. probably like eighth grade. So like, you know, Kiedis and and uh, Michael Bowsery, which is Flea um, and, yeah. and Slovak, you know, they, they all mm-hmm. kind of hooked up together. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where they met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right.
1: And so, uh, so you've got those those two guys, Anthony, Keith, and Flea are the you know the the main members of the band. They're gonna they're the ones that'll stay from yeah. beginning to end, exactly. Um, and like I said, Slovak and Irons, who are the original guitar player and drummer, they were in another band called What Is This, and they were pseudo helping Flea and Anthony out by playing with them, like they because the Red Hot Chili Peppers. If you listen to their their earlier stuff as well, they were very much a jam band. There oh. wasn't any polish to their music. Absolutely, they were a jam band. Absolutely, a lot of
2: punk influence. A lot of I'd punk have, influence. I would have to
1: say it was a different style
2: of music. Yeah, also, yeah. also with the funk, it, it, nobody sounded like them at all.
0: Yeah, they were totally like, unique.
2: Crazy lyrics, crazy yeah. music, and that's what made them who they were and who they are to this day. Still,
0: that's why they got noticed at such an early time in their career. Yeah, you know, by by you know big record producers and yeah. stuff like that. Because, yeah, right. Because of their you know their different take on on the whole music, you know. Again, get, that they're doing.
2: Thus, again, getting back to Flea, Flea, in My opinion is probably the headliner of this band. He, I would he agree. Dictates it. Yeah. Well,
1: he's been the only constant as well, because as we'll go on in a little in a little bit of detail here shortly, uh, Anthony Kiedis and and John Frusciante, they both went through very large and intense and extensive battles with drugs, heroin.
0: Well, let's start with Anthony Kiedis and Flea. Uh, Anthony Kiedis and particularly his father was a drug dealer. Okay. Boom. Yeah. And yeah. at age 14, um, his father introduced him to marijuana and cocaine. Right. Hell of a dad. Thanks, dad. And that's kind of what took him on his drug rampage mm. through life. All right. Exactly. That's
2: what Slovak died from was a overdose. That's of right. Heroin. Right? Oh, that's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. But that, that, yeah, that came a little later. And so, Okay, so you've got Flea, Anthony. They're jamming with Jack Irons and Slovaks. Sometimes they finally their their manager uh, Lindsey Goats, signs them to a seven album deal with EMI. Perfect, right? right. And right. this is early on. Like if you if you go back and listen to to these original records, they are so fucking different than anything I've ever heard.
2: That's fantastic. It it's, it's seven
1: album deal right off the rip crazy so they knew they knew that there's there's potential in these guys um they released their uh debut album in august of 84 which sold a lot more copies personally than i think it should have uh three hundred thousand. Yeah. um and with the help of college radio stations and as uh mark previously mentioned mtv they started beginning so, you know to gain some underground notoriety right right because I, I can't stress this enough, guys. If, if you think you know who the Red, Chod, Red Hot Chili Peppers are, you've got to go listen to their first three albums and listen to the difference in style and music and how much. Talk about a band that has grown.
0: I mean, well, mother got, of God. You got to figure, too, they were super, super addicted to drugs. Especially during the first two albums. I mean, that right. that second album, or even the, I think the third album was it, really is sorry. is is where the the uh, the record guys gave him like gave them like five thousand dollars. Yeah, and then they said, okay, well, we're going to take two thousand dollars and put that on drugs and spend that on cocaine and, and heroin. <laughs> yes. Like, what? Yeah, so, what? Have
2: to say what? Where they actually really began. Uh, I'd say, what, Higher Ground off Mother's Milk?
0: Yeah, that's
1: what that was. That's kind of like their
0: first
2: really started going.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that was their first single. I remember like I talked to you guys offline about a little bit ago. The first time I heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers really was in the, the first live action Power Rangers movie. Dope. Really? When watch that movie, it's actually a pretty funny movie. And like the first fifteen minutes, it shows them jumping out of an airplane, and Higher Ground is playing. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's it's fantastic, and it's hilarious cool. as shit. Um, so yeah, and they also went through a lot of um, scrutiny with their producers, right? So their first album drops, uh, and then they get a different producer, uh, a band called Gang of Four guitarist Andy Gill. Um, and what he was wanting to polish them into, this is after their first album. Now they're they're going to record their second album, Freaky Styley. Um, they wanted to make him, Andy Gill wanted to make them a singles band, right? A hit band. A right. one, you know they wanted singles. and that is not what they wanted. Right, they wanted yeah. to. They loved that. They wanted to be a jam band. They wanted to be famous for being a jam band. They loved being a jam band, yeah. and they want. They, they did they, not they, want to stray away from funk.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say the funk was very important to
1: them. Right, and so they they released their second album, right, uh, and are also another producer on this album was George Clinton. A motherfucking man. Motherfucking funk master flex, George Clinton. Awesome. Who actually kind of refined. Greatness. Yeah, he realized greatness and he sort of polished those beautiful elements of punk and funk and, and allowed them to express it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I think. You know, and so, uh, yeah, that's when you were talking about when they started spending the money on drugs. This is when Anthony Kiedis started getting pretty, pretty deep. Making that fucking money, man. Yeah, making that money. Well, it wasn't just Anthony
0: Kiedis. It was their producer. The producer yeah. was, drug- was addicted to drugs as well. Yeah. So he was trying to serve Keith himself. Levine. He was, yes. Yeah. Keith Levine was trying to serve himself as well as the band.
1: And that was an EMI producer. That was yes. with the record
0: label. Right. Right. Yeah. A major record fucking label. Man. So,
2: so Mother's Milk. This is when we uh, introduce uh, John Frusciani as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. After yeah. After George Clinton. So. Yeah,
1: after George Clinton, after Freaky Stylie, then they released a third album, the Uplift Mojo Party Plan. Um, they They actually, funny thing, they tried to hire Rick Rubin to produce that album, but he was like, "I ain't fucking touching that stank." Not Rick yet. Rubin was like, "Not yet, not yet, not until y'all get your shit together." Absolutely.
0: So, hey, real quick. Did you guys know that Flea was actually a member of uh, a bass player for Jane's Addiction? No. Yeah, he was. Really? Very briefly, he was he was Jane's Addiction in the beginning. That's how Dave Navarro came into the picture. That makes more sense. Yeah, it
1: does. that makes more
2: sense. Before
0: now. the Chili Peppers got together. That's how the that's
2: okay. I get it. So that's how they're uh, close. That's all how artists.
1: they all got close. Yeah. Yeah. Another great band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, so in the third album's recording, this is when, like we talked about, Anthony started getting real bad into drugs. But this is when he started getting real bad into drugs. Yeah. Uh, this is when he went to rehab for the first time in Michigan with now, his mom.
0: Flea wasn't a, uh, a fetching no. angel. I mean, they don't talk about him much. But they Flea, don't. Flea was also... Doing all the same shit. I mean, shit. Look at him, dude! Like, I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> talked about it. You know, yeah. You know, Flea grew up in a horrible environment. Mm. Stepfathers, so like, like the biggest alcoholic family his mother and, and stepfathers could ever possibly be for him. Right. You know, he started off playing trumpet, and then he, you know, he graduated to the bass. But yeah. But it's kind of like Hitis. That's that's why they had their common bond so early in life because yeah. you know they were both coming from horrible, horrible housebroken. Family.
1: yeah and it's funny too because like you said if for them to not mention flea i mean how bad must ketis have been <laughs> for them to not even mention flea Well,
0: because ketis i'm sure was kind of like constantly running off out of the studio he was where, where, where flea was like i'm good <laughs> he was well they
1: fired they fired anthony ketis for a brief time in between the second and third album yeah when he went to when he went to rehab yeah and then you know obviously he, they got back. back together, you know, and all that. They, yeah. they, they made up Kissed and Made Good. They released the Uplift Mojo Party Plan, which was their first album to actually peak. It made it to 148 on the Billboard 200. I don't know how. So.
0: Me I, neither. It's I a really, fucking bad album, I mean, dude. Horrible, <laughs> horrible.
1: I'm sorry to any of you, like, vintage Red Hot Chili Peppers fans, but their first three albums, man, I just can't get I behind it. I could not stand
0: it. Yeah, I can't. I mean, certain parts of it, it was, like, okay. But then yeah. most of it was kind of just like, holy god! Well, this is going to
1: set the tour like the, set the tone for the next. For the this is when the, we're getting to the when the Red Hot Chili Peppers actually started. So Slovak, he actually their their guitar player, their original guitar player, died of a heroin overdose, June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty eight. Not not long after one of their tours, the Uplift tour. So
0: I'm, I'm not saying this to be a dick, but I'm saying this because it's kind of for the best because mm-hmm. otherwise they wouldn't have come. With John, it's,
2: it's when fate sets in, yeah, right?
0: Fate set in, right? And John stepped in, right? And know? this is also when Jack Irons left too. Right after
1: Slovak died, Jack Irons he left because he's like, I'm not going to be in a band yeah. where all my fucking friends are dying. Because right. he's looking at right. Ketus and he's like, this motherfucker's next. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, th- I'm not going to be a part of this fucking spiral, dude. I'm yep. out. Yep. I'm fucking out. That's for sure. You know? Okay. So let's let's move into post '88. That's when that's when we're starting to get into the Mother's Milk stuff, right? And this is I know Dude, Drew's itching right now. This is,
0: this is, right this now. is John Frusciante, first album. Yeah,
1: Drew's itching right so now. So
0: let me let me explain one little thing about sure. John Frusciante. So John Frusciante, he was taking lessons to become a guitar player, and his actual teacher was the one who introduced him to the Red Hot Chili Peppers because his teacher was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go audition for this band called the Red Hot Chili Peppers." Yeah. And so he's like, "Oh, cool!" And then so he like followed up and like mm-hmm. listened to them, and he was like, "Oh, dang!" So he you know, months, a couple of months later, actually auditioned himself. But right. be- before that, he was going to their shows, and he was outside, and he was talking to Anthony Bicidas, and he was mm-hmm. talking to Flea, and he was like, you know, getting in with these guys. Right. And then he auditioned, and then guess what? He got the fucking part. Right. You know, because he's a badass guitar player. He's he's a natural. Yeah.
1: And so, in the in between, uh, before John Frusciante got picked up, you've got. uh, So, uh, Slovak's replacement for a minute there was uh, Blackbird McKnight. They had him for just a brief time. And then also, the guy who replaced Irons was uh, Dead Kennedy's drummer, D.H. Peligro. Absolute. So These they were the
2: record label. They were
0: on.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so but this was for a very short time. Obviously, uh, McKnight, But they were
0: really good friends with Polygro.
1: Yeah. And they were. Yeah, they were very good friends. Uh, McKnight. He was just a kind of an in between. And, and this is the thing that you'll see throughout the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, and this is something I really respect about them. You can see this throughout their history is they're very big on chemistry. Like you've mentioned yeah. this a lot Mark like you can't have a successful band if you can't stand being on a tour bus with somebody. Correct. You know and so it's they were very big about on that. It. Yeah and they were very big on chemistry so they fired uh, you know Blackbird McKnight very very shortly after they hired him and as Mark said then they picked up John Frusciante
2: even talk about it as well very much so about the chemistry I think they I'm pretty sure they all talked about it
0: you have to mesh with the people that you're going to go on tour for a year or 18 months with you know you can't just you know and it's not only about that it's as as you have to be you know meshing well in the studio right and and sounding well as you know as well well.
1: how long are the these guys obviously have something right because how long they've been doing this shit over a 35 long years? long time. Yeah. 35 wow. fucking years? These, yeah. these days, yeah. Right.
2: Fusciani's sound is so perfect and unique for this band. Dude. He just, he sings, it's like he's singing and talking with them while he's playing. And it's something, in, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And yeah. something interesting about John, too, is, you know, if you listen to Red Hot Chili Pepper songs, you, you can hear the guitar and you're like, you know, that doesn't sound that complex, but go sit down there with some sheet music. And start playing some of John Frusciante shit. He changes keys on a fucking dime. Yeah, the dude's chord changes are perfect. Yeah, he's a classically trained guitar player, John Fruciante. Yeah, and at a young age too. He was what eighteen when he joined the band. Uh huh. He was a fucking sprat. Yeah, and he was a monster guitar player. Oh, it just screams. He just screams. He with kills that pace it, with and three. he's beautiful. Him to his his key and chord changes is I to me is what. What um, David Gilmour is to pentatonic scaling and slides.
2: Interesting.
0: Now this is just me, seriously, and maybe Will would, seriously, would agree. he's top ten guitar
1: players for me. John Frusciante. Oh yeah, oh yeah, easily. Easily. easily, easily, easily,
0: absolutely, one of the best players mm-hmm. of all time. Interesting. Except when he went solo. Yeah. I mean, he, he had this itch that oh I I have to go solo. I I, I can't play this uh, the same stuff with the Chili Peppers all the time. Yeah. And you know, and I, and I, and I try listening to it. And I, I I swear you know he was he was just coming up with so many great great you know um, uh, orchestrated like you know tones, instrumentals yeah instrumentals with the Chili Peppers but then when he went solo it was kind of just like kind of was like it was flat it was kind of like I don't even want to well they lost,
2: he lost his chemistry that's Mother's Milk in my opinion it's just, they they were barely peeking at Mother's right Milk right it was Mother's Milk was there. good
0: but it wasn't they weren't there yet right well but, they were polishing it you but know higher ground. Obviously, it's a great song was the best song on the, on, yeah, the, on the record. It's a great song. Okay. So Johnny kicked the hole in the sky. You yeah. Know. And I think I, I testify, really testify kick a hole right in the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a great song. Yeah. Johnny.
1: Mark's got to sing a fucking power ballad Johnny. now. It's,
0: it's, um, it's not a bad I mean, there, album. There's, there's, it's there's a good. A, there's a bunch of good songs on that album.
1: And I also think it's important like we talked about, I think it's important for a for a fan, and I think it's cool, for a fan to be adopted into a band. Because then you have it from both sides of the thing. Both sides of the spectrum. You've got... The band's chemistry and what the band wants to do, but you also have somebody outside looking in, telling you what other people want to hear,
0: and that's where the producer came in. Like Corey was, Taylor with Slipknot, it's well, an awesome thing. Their producer came in and was like, "Listen, we got to, we need the guys, we need to make a, right. a hit. We need to make it, you know, so that you guys are going to be making, you know, a number one single. You guys right. can't be playing this funk bullshit all the time. You got to guys come up with something great." And that's what the people were, you know, the yeah. the producer during that time was saying. And I I disagree with it because Ly- they were just trying to like find themselves. Lyri- at, yeah, lyrically,
2: that's where it started getting. That's what makes them heavy. Is is how Anthony Kiedis starts singing in that and on that album. Well, yeah, he, he starts. He's, he's starting to use. Am I sorry to say this, but profanity. It was a stickered album. Yeah, it was just real. You felt it. It was starting, and then you right. getting into the next album. And he was kind was of finding dope.
0: himself. Right on, on Mother's Milk, he was finding himself. Right, and by the next album, he well, he kind of like he was like, "Oh, this is what the fuck." Exactly, up. this is what's
1: up. And so when they picked up Frusciante, they didn't immediately start working on the on the next album. They had uh, they had started going on tour, um, and they also fired uh, Poligro due to his drugs and alcohol problem, because they, they were trying to clean up their shit. Supposedly, you know what I mean?
0: Flea stayed in bed for like seven days. Yeah, because. He was so distraught. Well, they're great friends. Well, they're, yeah. I mean, they're from a major band, a major label. Right. And, and, and that goes back
1: to how much hard. respect it's you hard, can have.
0: It's a really hard thing to do. Right.
1: And that goes back to how much respect you can have for a band for making those types of decisions on the fly like that. Yeah. That's, that's intense, right? Yeah. And so now they're drummerless, and then they're going to pick up next their, their band lifelong drummer from this point on, from, from Mother's Milk on, uh, Chad Smith. Yeah, who yes. had showed up late to the audition and Anthony Kiedis looked at him, he's like, oh, this guy's fucking square and he's a monster, 6'3", and he was a metalhead. That's metal, another total metalhead. That's head. another different aspect to add to their music. Chad Smith, their drummer's a fucking metalhead. So now you have a screaming drummer yeah. A badass classically trained jazz guitar key changing powerhouse, John Frusciante. <laughs> True. A screaming fucking funk
0: bass player. Go on. Yeah. Damn,
1: I want to talk about and, it. Come on. And, and, then, yeah,
0: and a badass and, fucking vocalist. And then the vocalist who's who just found himself. Yeah, he's, he's starting. Exactly.
1: He's starting to find himself because you're not going to hear Anthony Kiedis even fucking sing
0: a note until Mother's Milk. Yeah. You right. know what I mean, but you're not going to hear him express himself truly. And right. some blood sugar. I'm not exactly. going to deny
2: it. The energy is starting to grow when it comes to blood sugar sex. Oh
1: magic. My oh my god. god! Yes, man. it is. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And so they, you know, they're doing their tours, and. You know, after their success in 1990, they had great success with Mother's Milk. You know, better success than they have had. They sold 500,000 units. It climbed to number 33 in Australia, number 52 in the U.S.
2: Was this album number two or three for the contract that they signed?
1: What are you talking about? For the seven albums. I think they they signed their seven-album contract with EMI, the second album.
2: Second. So this is four? This will be the fourth. Interesting.
1: Yes, this will be the fourth coming in. So, going back to what we talked about with Rick Rubin. So now,
2: fucking man,
1: right there—the man Rick Rubin from Warner Brothers is, and Warner Brothers looks at Red Hot Chili Peppers. They get them out of their EMI contract. They sign with Warner Brothers, which is fucking huge, huge label. Even still, huge label.
0: So we we haven't released or the um, Blood Sugar yet. No. Okay. No, we're starting to work on Blood Sugar. Okay. We've
1: got Rick Rubin. We're signed to Warner Brothers. We've got all these badass musicians that are masters of their craft. Right. And we're getting ready for a fucking A-bomb. Everybody
2: right. doesn't know who Rick Rubin is. Look him up. Yeah. He is... Uh, he bridges the
1: gap on badass is fucking producers, innovator. man. He
2: is, he is yeah. a badass.
1: hmm Exactly. So they go to start recording their fifth studio album. Uh, They spent six months recording this album, and Rick Rubin picked things up immediately, and he says, these guys, because they started recording in like a very clean-cut, nice, Buddy Holly-type studio-type deal, and they're like, these guys aren't going to vibe with that because, like I said, going back, chemistry's everything, vibe is everything, and these guys are a fucking jam band. Well,
0: Rick Rubin didn't want them. like like They wanted Rick Rubin to be on Mother's Milk, but they were too fucked up on drugs. Right, yeah. And Rick Rubin said, fuck off. I'm I'm not doing it. Exactly. Until... Until now. The next, yeah, next album. The next
1: one. Now now he's got them. Uh, and so Rick Rubin invites them to stay at his house, a.k.a. the mansion, which is also said to be the prior living quarters to Harry Houdini. So they're all living together, mm-hmm. right? They're all recording after six months. Except and, for Chad Smith. Except for Chad Smith. Chad who, Smith.
0: Yeah, they said, "Oh, Chad Smith was afraid. He was too afraid to live in the in the mansion because of the ghosts." Yeah, stuff. they said there was ghosts. But then Chad Smith later said, "He's like, well, that's not true. It wasn't because of the ghosts. It was because I wanted to go home and spend time with my wife." No, smart so, totally oh, man. Right. So he came out every day. He came up on his motorcycle to to record totally the, uh, the album.
1: So uh, they spent six months in this unorthodox setting. They're, they're living together. They're eating together. They're recording together. They're getting shit done, which is what Rick w- Rubin wanted. He wanted to keep them together. He wanted to keep an eye on them. Yeah. And he wanted to keep them working. Right. Because if you don't, Ketis is going to fucking float out the front door and go start banging smack
0: again. <laughs> so, <laughs> he probably still was. He probably, yeah.
1: So uh, September 1991, the, the really, really powerhouse album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Is dropped. Hands down. My favorite.
2: Top 50 albums of all time. Easily. Easily. Top 25.
0: Easily. Easily.
1: Yeah. So the the third song on the album, Breaking the Girl, that's one of my favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper songs ever, period. And you also got to think, like we talked about, inherently and in the past, Anthony Kiedis is a rapper. He was, well, he's not a rapper, but he rapped his lyrics because he wasn't
0: comfortable singing. He he was the godfather of rap rock. Right. He was the biggest influence for Linkin Park and. Exactly. uh, Lynn Biscuit. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And so he's now found himself. He's now singing. And let's look at the singles we have on here. We have Breaking the Girl, third track. Fifth track, Suck My Kiss. That's a fucking powerhouse song, Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. And then number nine, you've got Give It Away, which is another powerhouse song. Which was their first single off the album. Yeah, they released that a little early, yeah.
0: Also, that whole solo... Was in reverse. I mean, you haven't, since the Beatles, you really haven't had anything that's been in reverse like that. Yeah. You know I mean? That was just, that was their first signal. And that was, that, that was their, their powerhouse signal of that record. John
1: Frusciante, man. Fucking badass. And so then you have number 11, which is probably one of their no- most notorious songs of all time, Under the Bridge.
0: About drug addiction.
1: About drug addiction. And
0: it's funny because there actually is a bridge, but Anthony Kiedis will not reveal where that bridge actually is. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is it's, just... it's all about Anthony Kiedis and, and, and doing heroin underneath that bridge and drawing blood and all that shit. It's, it's
2: like to refer to this album when you hear Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. You have to listen to it from mm-hmm. front to back. All right. Led Zeppelin two, you got to listen to it from front to back. Yep. This album is front to back. Nirvana, never mind. Front to back. It is that influential. I have to listen to every single yeah, I totally song agree on
1: yeah. this album. And they have Fucking a bonus a. track. They have a bonus track at the end. It's uh, you know, the Red Hot, which is a Robert Johnson cover, right? Fuck yeah. Which brings it back because it, it ties it up right. So you've got Anthony Kiedis singing throughout the whole album. You've got his melodies. You've got all these guys doing this badass shit. And at the very end, they have this cover, and it brings it right back to that funk, that funk
0: rap. Okay, but during that time, right, they were thinking. What should be the name of the album? And the, I mean, it, you know, it, it was a great track. It was probably one of the best tracks out of the top, you know, five tracks on that album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Oh yeah. So they, they said, that kind of sums up everything. Blood yeah. Sugar Sex Magic, let's yeah. just
1: name it that. I remember I had a shirt, I had a Blood Sugar Sex Magic shirt in high so school. You said, what was your favorite track on that album? My favorite track,
0: Breaking the Girl and Blood Sugar Sex Magic. What's yours? Uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic and, and Suck My Kiss.
2: Sir Psycho Sexy for mine, and I'll, I would have to say uh, The Righteous and the Wicked. It's just they break it down in a heavy... You just want to be different. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, The Righteous and the Wicked is a Sir bad Sir Psycho Sexy is no, just a bad. bad. That's a good song. The Righteous and the ass. Wicked
0: is one of those songs, you know, on that album that's an un- unheard unsung song that you yeah. know it should be talked they about because it, it wasn't a single yeah. it wasn't a single so yeah. that that's why it's not heard of but yeah. so heavy it's such a great song
1: yeah this album is one of those like that I'll stray to like a weird dimension and buy a first press vinyl for i'll only buy a first press for like a few different Records. It's going to fucking happen. And I'll, I'll buy a first press Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So like we talked about, this is when they oh, really yeah. hit. They oh, really yeah. hit. They got the highest on the, on the Billboard charts that they'll ever get, number two. Under yeah. the Bridge got number two. And that's the highest they'll ever get is number two. Sucks. Yeah, and it sucks, but that's it. I mean, they were so unique. They didn't fit the spectrum.
2: They were just starting.
1: How many times have you ever heard a band like, you are way better than people think you are, but they didn't fit the spectrum?
2: I, I would have to say you too yeah i would say youtube people didn't understand youtube but yeah. when they started hitting that you know i i what was that uh, a buddy of mine said it earlier today when they played that live show downtown in los angeles mm-hmm. you know and they had all the cops and
1: shit. yeah mm-hmm. changed them you know
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. They, yeah this this album is influential right, right.
1: so you got number two yeah. on the billboard hot 100 charts um you've got over 12 million copies sold Rolling Stone Magazine set him number 310 of the 500 greatest albums of all time.
0: When were they inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
1: I have no idea. I think it was like 2013 or something. Not too long ago, but it wasn't. Yeah.
0: It wasn't that long for a band that hasn't been around for that long. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of other bands that had to wait like 30, 40. Oh yeah, years. like bands from the 60s, and right? Shit that didn't and the get Chili Peppers, Pepper's yeah. kind of like oh, 23 years. Yeah, induct them. Right. Well, they're so they're so diverse, man. Well, they had so many hits. Right. They had so many. You know, after Blood Sugar Sex Magic, what was the next album?
1: Uh Californication? No. No. What was it? After Blood Sugar, Sex, Magic?
2: It was One Hot Minute. Was it One oh, Hot yeah. Minute? It yeah, was they, One so Hot days. Minute. okay, okay, so here we go. That's they right. A John Frusciante,
0: not yeah. only Anthony Kiedis had a horrible drug addiction, but John Frusciante had a horrible drug addiction. So, he had to leave the band.
2: So, they released two singles after that album one was for Beavis and Butthead's soundtrack, yep. and yeah. the other. Was for was Coneheads Simpsons? and uh-huh. John Frucianti yeah, was not yeah, yeah. on any of those tracks, dude. He was right. not on any of them. Then they mm. released One Hot Minute,
1: which it was Josh. Is,
2: it's another
0: one of my favorite albums. Well,
1: Frucianti quit yeah after a, a show in Japan in '92 because he, he couldn't handle could, the success. Well,
0: he couldn't handle this. That was the first time he quit, right? Yeah, this was so the this first is, time. This is the first time he quit. He he couldn't handle. He's like he's like guys. I really wish that we were only playing clubs. I not yeah. want to want to. I don't want to play festivals. I don't want to play. Right. People. Well, to uh, put well, it that's in perspective, not I signed up
1: for. exactly, and to put it in perspective, how big they were at that time. So when they kicked off their Blood Sugar Sex Magic tour, you know who their fucking openers were? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and the fucking Smashing Pumpkins. Right? Yeah. Were their openers, mind you. Right. Right. They're openers. Fucking so, well, they were
0: also the grandfathers of those bands too. Right. So. and
1: so now we've got John Frusciante. They've lost him for the first time, uh, and so they're in and, search. And
0: secretly, John Frusciante. Had a horrible addiction to heroin and cocaine at that time. So he was kind of like, I don't know if he was like, you know, getting getting uh, anxiety over performing in front of 100,000 people. Right. Or if he was just that addicted to drugs where he just couldn't handle his shit. Um,
2: We'll never know. So I'm going to get back to chemistry. So this is where this band starts skyrocketing. We Come out with one hot minute with uh, Dave Navarro. Yeah, I mean they—they are—they're—they're they're riding happened, high. Well
0: what, what happened with Dave Navarro and Jane's Addiction, where he had he left Jane's Addiction, to and then said you know fuck it. I'm, I'm going, pretty
1: sure I'm they just right disbanded. And well, he was deep into drugs too. Dave was in recovery.
0: Oh, dude, there was talks of where Dave was, perf- yeah. you know, recording with the Chili Peppers and falling yeah. over his fucking amplifier. Exactly. But
2: that's where the Chili Peppers started fucking being clean. Was yeah. that album? Dave yeah. Navarro was clean for that album. They were as right. well. Uh, that's that's where I started paying attention to Are
1: the chili sure peppers. You about that
0: because I heard for that album Dave Navarro was falling over his fucking amplifier God, practice. Maybe. Well,
1: they they he he was dabbling. He was doing the Anthony Kiedis thing that Anthony was doing in the third between the third and the fourth album. Uh, he was yeah. teetering back and forth. He and but see, they reached a final straw standpoint, and Soul to Squeeze was the single, the non-album single you were talking about from hands down for, for yeah, My for, favorite for, for song Cone. by
2: this band yeah. at Soul to Squeeze. Hands down.
1: Mine was uh, road tripping off California. Our both Californication, are both are very good. good Road songs. tripping. I love that that acoustic intro, dude. It's fucking the whole acoustic set. I don't blame you. Um, so anyway, uh, so we've got Dave Navarro, a former Jane's Addiction guitar player, that has now replaced John Frusciante, and they are working on their fifth studio album, uh, "One Hot Minute." And this is unique one too. This is kind of a, a weird album because, as we talked about before, the chemistry and the momentum of the band has always been solely based around funk punk. Right, a little bit of rap overtones. Right. Okay. And so, what is Dave Navarro? Dave Navarro is a, not a heavy metal guitarist, but he's a heavier guitar player. Yeah. You know he's what I mean?
0: Borderline rock metal.
1: I'd say he's right. darker. Well, he's darker. Yeah. Darker. yeah. He's,
0: he's dark, dark rock. Yeah. Dark rock.
1: Yeah. He's not a he's not a heavy metal guitar player, but he's just dark. Yeah. That's a great dark great way. Dark to, rock. Yeah, that's right. a great just, way. It he's not him. metal. Yeah. He's, he's just dark. Yeah. So he joined the band in '93. Um, they Navarro's first appearance actually with the Chili Peppers was Woodstock '94. Yeah. So he's he's now people know Dave is in the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: Now, as far as one hat minute is concerned, mm-hmm. my you know there's only there's only two of the uh, of the, of the tracks that made it to radio play, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, it was kind of like, you know, it was probably the the right. The right way to, to portray this album, so uh, airplane, you know mm-hmm. that's gonna appeal to a lot of people. Because, I like that one because oh, it's it's, it's a pops it's a pop type you know, pop rock song. Yeah, and then uh, and then you have my friends. My Which was just another great song. Great, great video song too, but it wasn't as well known as my, as Airplane.
2: Is that where uh, Flea sang his first song on the no, album
0: as well? Uh, Flea sang a song called "P P
2: Fuck You yeah. Asshole." Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. My uh, my favorite uh, song on that album was "Tear Jerker." Um, great song. Right. That I, was also written I, for Kirk Cobain. I
0: actually thought that "Walkabout" was was a really cool song. That, yeah. I
2: would have to agree with you on that, Mark. That "Walkabout" was, was, Walkabout was a good one. one. Cool, so funky, funky yeah. dark, yeah. melodic, and absolute. fucking
0: just like. It's just a great Chili Peppers rendition of, 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 of a Chili Pepper song. I agree.
2: So that album came out in '95. '95. I'm just looking. I'm sorry, I'm seeing. Well, they notes.
1: they started touring after that album. They took they took a slight break for a minute, uh, for a couple of years actually, um, and and started touring. They did a lot of international tours. They did a lot of Europe tours. They did a lot. Oh of overseas god, they were. We were
0: tour slaves. Yeah, I mean. I can't blame him for turning to drugs because right. to going on tour for 24 months and then you know coming back for a month and then going back on an 18-month tour. I mean, who the fuck in their right mind can could actually right. do that? You know? and so, if right. I was making money. Oh, yeah. Well, I right. could do t- – if you don't have anybody at home that you care about.
1: I don't know, man. Like, that's – I mean,
0: when did Flea and Anthony have their kids?
1: Well, I'll put it to you this way. I, I know what it feels like to be in a different – to wake up in a different time zone every single day for – for months and months and months on end, and I can tell you, after about month two, you're literally walking around like a piece of fucking pocket lint. So yeah. these guys and that, and had to have been worn out
0: without a wife, without a kid. Young, could you imagine with a wife and a kid and a exactly. family? I mean, exactly. goddamn, you do not
2: know what that's like.
1: Exactly. And so Navarro uh, departed in early '98. So they spent what three years touring? Three years, with it. Three years fucking touring. And and after Navarro left. Uh, you know, Flea and Anthony—they are worn the fuck out. They're—they're they're talking about breaking up the band at this point. And Anthony, especially Flea, yeah. And Anthony had said something while they were on vacation. Flea and Anthony, and he said, "The only way that I could see the Chili Peppers surviving is with John. Okay. We need John." Then he came back. And well, the,
0: that's, that's funny because uh, Anthony and and John—the reason that they broke he that he broke it off the first time, supposedly, mm-hmm. was because John didn't didn't. Groove with with Anthony very well.
1: Well, that and his drug issues and stuff. So when, they were when, battling sobriety. So
0: when they did, when when before Californication, you know, re- was in talks, um, Flea called John shanti and yeah. Flea was probably probably the only one at, at, at anybody who, who kept in contact with John. Yeah. So he called John and was like, "Hey man, can I come over and see you?" Goes over to uh, John's house apartment at the time. You know, and you got to think about John how he just got through a horrible addiction. He had he had his uh, his nose reconstructed. He had veins in his arms reconstructed. He had all the teeth in his mouth taken mm-hmm. out and put and put in with veneers and, and yep. you know false teeth and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then so you know he was in a rough shape. He spent all his money from his original you know um, um, you know riches with with the Chili Peppers. So he, he comes, so, so he, and all, there was a fire. And yeah, you know, all his guitars got burnt the, up in a fucking house fire. All his guitars got burned down. And so he was, he was in a rough fucking state yeah. of mind. So yeah. when Flea got over to his apartment, he was like, man, I'm here to ask you if you want to come, come and, 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 and come back with the chili peppers. And he was like, man, he, John Frusciante teared up and said, man, there's nothing more in this world that I would rather do you know, than, than, yeah. than do that. Well, chemistry. Cause so so, th- so the, the, chemistry. The, the next hurdle was chemistry. him and Anthony. Getting back together.
1: I don't think there was much bad blood there, you know. Well, there wasn't,
0: and you're right, there wasn't, because once they did, um, there was there was days and days upon days that Frushanti and Kiedis had had got together to to actually get together and perform, um, or or to write songs like with, with guitar and vocals. Right. So I mean, they were they, they were the bygones had let they be gone bygones.
2: Right. So I'm gonna get away. I'm gonna say totally forgot about the Red Hot Chili Peppers after one hot minute for a while.
1: Yeah. Then they come well, I mean, out, yeah. It's easy they, to do in three they, years. They come out with you Californication. Know? Yeah. I mean, June not, 1999, man. I was
2: graduating high school. They come out with this album. And it yeah. is. It is. It's dope. It was good.
1: That's one of their best as Played, well, man. Fruscianti is coming back. Yeah. And, and you got to notice a trend here, guys. Okay. And I'm not going to come right out and say that, that, you know, what I'm thinking. But listen to John Fruscianti. Mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers albums and listen to none. John for sure. Yeah, listen to Josh and listen Red to Josh. Yeah, we're getting there. it's a totally different ballgame. And, and Halil. Like, listen, just listen to these. Okay, so June 1999, their seventh studio album, Californication, gets released, which immediately sells almost 16 million fucking copies. Great and not for no reason. Album. And not right. for no reason. And what did they do very shortly after this got released? They played Woodstock 99. Walking Great, but let's, let's go
0: into Californication. Let's go into all the hits. Okay, yeah, we got, yeah we're We getting have there. Around the World. Mm-hmm. We have Parallel Universe. Mm-hmm. We have Scar Tissue, Other Side, Californication. That was their, that
2: was their first release off that, yeah. right? Road yeah.
0: Trippin' was on that one. That's I my mean, favorite song on that album. That Scar- fucking album was incredible. Which one was it?
2: Uh, around Was it Around the World they came out with first? The first track yeah. off that album? Yeah. But they released and then they came out with Californication? Right. Or was it and, Scar Tissue? No, it
0: was Other Side. Other Side. Other Scar Side was a, was a big release for that one. Yeah.
2: I think Scar Tissue was their first first hit off there. Were they no, no, playing? no, no.
0: Scar Tissue wasn't on there, bro. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, were, were, there,
2: were Frusciante's playing the guitar in yes. the back of the car? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Sick. And they're coming up with good music videos, too. Okay. At this time as well. They had some pretty sweet so, music bang. videos.
0: We, we are on the Frusciante fucking... We're on the
1: Frusciante train, right? Train. Okay, so they play Woodstock 99. If you guys want to know about Woodstock 99, listen to a previous episode, the one we just did. Was well, there's one in,
0: one incident where it comes to Woodstock 99. So the stepsister of uh, Jimi Hendrix says to the Chili Peppers, please, can you do the uh, rendition of, of, uh, of one of my my my, uh, my stepbrother's songs? And so they said, okay, well, we're going to do fire. They haven't done it in years. So what did they do? They did fire. And right. then guess what? The next day, they got a lot of, back- of backlash. Yeah, they got all the fires that were started I, I think during that whole thing, we've That's talked about it. That's bullshit, though, that, that they, yeah. they, they, they were in. Okay, so fast forward. We've talked next, about it a album, bit.
1: By The Way. By The Way, released in 2002. Uh, another, uh, another Rick Rubin album.
0: Yeah.
1: Another Rick Rubin album. That was a great one, too. They had a few singles on it, by the way. Zephyr Song, which I'm not a big fan of the Zephyr Song. I like the Zephyr Song. Not a big fan of that one. Uh, Can't Stop. Love it. Yeah. That's that, a great song. That's a
2: great song. This is where Anthony Nikita starts singing. He yes. starts changing yeah. He's not that rap rocking the whole time? But
1: I, but I like how you can hear the the slight hints of his, you know, of his roots. And everything he does. Get up a pick a pick a, peek, a peek. I, you know he I you agree. can hear the funk and you can hear his rap influence. I agree. You know coming through, but they, but you are you are correct. They did focus on a lot more melodic ballads as opposed to their their classic rap driven funk you know, funk, punk stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my th- least, you
0: know, I actually like throw away your television. That's, that's a good song. A good one one.
2: It's my least favorite album by the, or I can't say least. Famous. That's not it's my, my least favorite. It's, it's an album. I really don't like a lot of, really? it took me a minute to get into it. I still don't like a yeah. lot of it, but the album they, they released after it,
1: Stadium yeah, Arcadium. It got, it well, they really, released a greatest hit album too. in between Stadium Arcadium uh, and I, I and, do own that. Yeah, but Stadium and,
0: Arcadium was epic.
1: Yeah, but Fortune Faded. They released two two non uh, absolutely new songs on their greatest hits album, which was you know Save the Population. I do like Fortune Faded. Fortune Faded. That's is a, a great is a song. Good song. As and I well. think that
0: the greatest hits album, um, those two songs that they released that you're talking about, had the, uh, the guy who died right. Yeah, yeah,
2: seventh studio was, album. They released was, uh, their greatest hits. I like it. That was smart by them.
1: That was a that was a good move. S- smart good by move. Them. Um, and so the next one, we're gonna we're gonna look at one of their more famous albums too. And a difficult thing to do in the music world is produce a double album. That's right. a that's a right. bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it goes. You know, that's a <laughs> that's a bold one.
2: See, I. I I, I agree but at the same token I want to disagree because I'm sure pretty sure a lot of bands make a lot of songs that are not pressed in an album because they have a certain core or to keep it to where right. they, they needed to be at a lot of bands were coming out with double pressed albums at that current moment in time one yeah. I would say that I bought close to it was system of a down and these people were coming out with double albums it was a great move smart a lot of those oh albums. yeah that's where mark said earlier also got me thinking where uh, Flea started playing the trumpet a lot. Yeah, where uh, he was on the Mars where, Volta playing the. That's uh, where the he trumpet. started though.
0: That's where he, Flea started. He before the bass, it was the trumpet. That's what he was his, his passion. I didn't know that. At that time. and then, you know, that's why he he does a lot of uh, charity work these days with kids that you know want to do like band instruments type not you know guitarist bass. he was talking about like you know trumpets right. and violins and stuff But right. he wants to do like you know he he wants to help them out but
1: yeah so that's they they released that 28 28 song double album in uh, 2006
0: they they trimmed it down though it wasn't 28 well they
1: they trimmed it down from 38
0: Oh, okay. 38. Okay, okay. That's yeah. my point being. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had a lot They more had a ton fun. of content. Their, their number one single on that album Danny California yeah. was um was released and that was a big hit. Yeah. Right? Snow, so, Snow. Snow yeah. was a really big hit. Yeah. But Danny California um, supposedly was Anthony Kiedis um, talking to every girl he's ever been with. Really? That, that that was his 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 thing about Danny California. It's like, "Oh, well, you yeah. know, I'm not gonna write a song for about an individual girl because Danny California is about every girl. So right. you know. that's funny. Yeah.
1: Um and so they, they went on tour for a long time. Yeah. With Stadium Arcadium. Years. The
0: wet sand on that on that album was yeah. a really great song as well. I and thought. and
1: I like I like what they did. I, I like what they did in between uh, you know, their next album and Stadium Arcadium is a lot of those guys broke apart a little bit to do kind of fun fun projects for oh, them. Yeah. You know?
0: Well you had Chad Smith doing chicken foot. Yeah, well, he worked with su- Sammy Hagar. And,
1: yeah, Joe Satriani and uh, Flea went and worked with Tom York, a Radiohead, and in yeah, oh yeah. a supergroup Adams right. for Peace. That's right. Awesome. You know, and they also in 08, in between those two albums, they also uh, worked with George Clinton on one of his albums. On uh, George Clinton and his gangsters, they they had to pay
0: homage to George Clinton, they couldn't just like leave him in the dirt,
1: yeah. And guess what else happened after this album? Fucking John Frusciante left the band again.
0: Oh, surprise, god damn it, John. I gotta do my own, you know, solo stuff, yeah. Bitch, you ain't going nowhere, solo, B. yeah, exactly. But even though I love it, you ain't gonna gonna get nowhere,
2: exactly. made some good EPs after Californication, I think, or during Californication.
1: He made some good EPs. I like well, his music. I'll i never argue with his instrumentals. I'll never argue with yeah, his I instrumental mean, he's work. He's a great guitar player. But, but he's not a great songwriter.
0: A, he's not a good vocalist no. either. He's
1: not a great songwriter. He's an absolute fantastic instrumental, but he needs a guide.
0: Now, let's fast forward. Right? After Stadium Arcadian, they came out with I'm With You. Now, yeah. if you were to talk to me about I'm With You, instead of the Red Hot Sleep Peppers... to you. Instead of the Red Hot Sleep Peppers... I'm i I'm gonna have to call them the you know the uh, the the orange mild chipotle peppers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, the
1: orange mild chipotle peppers is kind of the because direction they started That going album, in.
0: St- I don't, don't want to say it stunk, yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't any, great. and it wasn't great. It wasn't yeah.
1: well and. L- What's missing, John Fucking Frusciante? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So they picked up Josh Cliffhanger or whatever Kling- Klingenhofer or whatever his name again. is again. Yeah, and they picked him up, and you know. So so let's look at a little bit into their albums after that, right? And another thing that sparked this 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 episode is obviously that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are fucking fantastic, but John Fucking Frusciante back with them again, so we can probably expect something good. So after Stadium Arcadium, yeah. we've got I'm With You released August 26, two thousand eleven. It started to get in a, a little bit – it was a little no, bit
0: too much me- – Nothing on the melon album is, is going to be, like, worthwhile talking about.
1: Yeah, and then they released uh, the, the Getaway game. in 2016 with Dark again, Necessities. Again,
0: Yeah. So, but, you know, good news is it's, 20, it's 2020. John Frusciante is back with the band. Back with the band. Okay, so they're and for those of you who are interested in going to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, their first date is in Gulf Shores, Alabama at the Hangout Festival – During the May Festival of Hangout. And they're touring
1: with John Frusciante now. They are. They are. I wonder if they're going to put out another album with him.
0: Hey. I mean. If they do, it'll be gold. Their history is so long and so great that it it wouldn't. Now, I will say before we wrap it up, I will say that one
1: of my favorite side projects that John Frusciante worked on because I'm a big fan of theirs is the Mars Volta. Oh, yeah. Mars he worked Volta's a lot so with good. the Mars Volta, and I love... You can hear it, because if you listen to Mars Volta, it'll it'll fucking wake you up like a shot of espresso, oh, first of yeah. all. Oh, yeah. I love it. So, anyway, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I do want to say something real quick before we go to the roll credits fiend The end, I want to uh, talk about something that happened today that took me very much by surprise, and I want to take a second to pay homage to the uh, great rock virtuoso drummer, the most powerhouse percussionist to ever walk... The face of the earth to ever slap the skins, Neil Pert. Neil Pert passed away on January 7th of brain cancer. Um, and that took me very, very by surprise today, obviously. I think it was a
0: three year battle.
1: It was a three year battle that they kept very quiet. And at first, when I saw it on social media, I thought it was a joke. Uh, and why I looked would anybody, a little bit. because well, you see that shit all the time. Fucking John Travolta died, or some stupid shit. Yeah, you know I what get, I mean? I get you. I get you know you. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Some dude, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio jumped off a bridge. But like, I looked, <laughs> I looked into it, and I'm like, I just, I kind of <laughs> sat there. I was playing guitar when I was doing it too, and I was, I was sitting there looking. And I was like, holy shit, dude, because that really hits hard. Because Neil Pert was literally, the, and, and, and you, you know, I was gonna say you can fight me on this, but no, you can't. Neil Pert was the best drummer to
0: ever live
2: i'm gonna fight you (laughs) i don't think so
1: man i don't think so
2: that's your opinion i respect that but
0: anyway he was a great drummer he was top top 25 of all time and
1: we're we're gonna do as soon as we get with uh mike martinez one of our one of our great friends we're gonna do an episode on rush because uh that in in and of itself is an intense episode so uh rest in peace neil we're gonna miss you buddy um
0: Um, also let's do a t-shirt giveaway
1: yes let's do a t-shirt giveaway so uh, we're gonna do giveaway another t-shirt and how you get entered for that is you get to uh, go ahead and give the uh, give the show we post all of our show links on Facebook give the sh- uh the show a share right. That's one entry if you share the show and give us a rating on whatever network you listen to your podcast that is two entries and at, before next week episode we will do a drawing and we will announce a winner for a new t-shirt. And you guys are gonna love it because they're great T-shirts. They're very comfortable. You'll enjoy it. I love it. I promise. So anyway, that wraps it up for this week, guys. Uh, We love we love you. We hope you enjoyed the show and stay tuned for probably two weeks. Right? Two weeks. We'll do another one. Enjoy. See you guys.
2: Rest in peace.